Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm good. I'm full of football this week because now, as of today, as of this recording, we're 98 days from the start of fall camp. I'm speaking that into existence, true or not. But uh, I have come armed with a very interesting statistic to kick off the show. Very interesting. Well, you ready? I want to get in. I want to get into that statistic, but hang on. Because a couple of things. First of all, you always do a fantastic thing on Crimson Country Club, and it's you count down the roster from number 99 all the way down, addressing each uh, player that has that certain number. Yesterday, it was Ty P. Ryan with, um, with number 99. And speaking of 99, you can go to Nico Sports at N-I-K-C-O sports.com and check out the Tua Tungo Vailoa football. It's only $99. I mean, they're practically giving the thing away. You can't afford not to have one. You need to go check them out at Nyko Sports or give them a call as soon as possible. 800-345-2868. 800-345-2868. Look, Tua was just taking the number five pick in the NFL draft by the Miami Dolphins. This football is fully sized. It's fully embossed. It's got all his statistics. He's got his picture on there. It's beautiful. I've seen it. Um, I'm not blowing smoke here. I'm telling you, I've talked to the guy uh, over at Nyko Sports, who, my boy Julio. He is a super, super guy. This is real deal. You need to give them a call or check out Nyko Sports, N-I-K-C-O, sports.com. Tell them you heard about it on the Lockdown Podcast. We would appreciate it. And here's the kicker. Part of the proceeds are being donated to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Alabama. You can't beat it. It's, you're, you're crazy if you don't go. I'm talking cray-cray. So go check them out, nicosports.com, 800-345-2868. All right, Jimmy, so that was 99. You're going to do 98 today, which I think is Tim Smith. But before we get yeah, into any of that, and I actually have some other stuff I want to get into. We may not even get into that at all. I want to, tell, I want to hear about your kick-ass stat. This is fascinating. Okay, in 2019, you know, as you know, we have one of the great offenses in history, and how could we not with quarterback Tua Tungavaloa throwing to four first-round picks and Najee Harris and Brian Robinson at running back behind an offensive line chock full of NFL players, and uh, they had the production to back up their credentials. Uh, We ended the season averaging a whopping 511 yards per game and 46 points per game. That's just stunning statistics from Alabama. Long, a traditional play defense, run the ball program. 46 points and 511 yards a game. That's incredible. So what I I, I was just curious. So I wanted to see how was the production affected when we went from Tua to Mac Jones? And I could care less what Mac did against the uh, crap opponent the week before Auburn and don't really care what he did against Arkansas because they weren't really a a competitive team. So only against elite defenses. And Auburn and Michigan were pretty damn good on defense. It's hard to argue that Auburn and Michigan weren't good on defense. So what was Alabama's production with Mac Jones at quarterback versus Auburn and Michigan only? Well, we had averaged 511 yards per game with Mac against those two opponents 496 yards. We only lost 14 yards, basically one first down of production going from Tua to Mac. And while we were scoring 46 points per game all season long, 
against Auburn and Michigan, we average 40 points. So we did lose six points per game, basically a touchdown. So one touchdown, one first down. That's all the production dipped. And we're talking against elite defenses. Tua didn't put up all those numbers playing Auburn and Michigan every week. I mean, you know, he obviously had some overmatched opponents in there too. Uh, but the point, the larger point is just this. Our offense didn't really change or dip in production when we went from Tua to Mac. And I present all that as basically uh, a hell of a compliment to Mac Jones. Well, that's one hell of a compliment. I mean, I totally agree. And look, here's the thing. Uh, Mac Jones is going to be undersold. He's undersold by me. I've said this a hundred times. I am selling him short and I'm announcing it. And so therefore, if I'm announcing I'm doing it, am I really doing it? I mean, but yes, I think I am. Um, Because I think Bryce Young will win this job. Maybe it's just because I want Bryce Young to win this job because what I'm I, I'm worried about all kind of, you know, I'm really bad about all my assorted therapists have always told me that uh, I, I worry too much about the future. I'm worried about, I should worry about, number one, are we going to play freaking football this year? And no. number two, who can, who can lead us to victory in the very next game? And Matt Jones might be the guy in those statistics are pretty kick-ass, Jimmy, I got to say, kudos to you and your work. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I put I put a solid, I don't know, nine minutes of Googling into that. And uh, but and I was really, I didn't do it on, on anything other than I saw someone, as usual, say something not derogatory, but just kind of a, you know, kind of a, we shouldn't expect much out of Mac Jones post on a board. And I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know what I expect, but here's the thing about Mac. He's played in games. It's not like it's a total guess. It's not a guess as to what it will look like. He not only played in games, he played against good teams. So I'm like, you know, we've sort of seen Mac. And instead of just guessing what it will look like this fall, why don't we look back? What did he do against the – and obviously we lost one of those games, and that's big. And Mac did throw two interceptions against Auburn that were were crippling – really crippled us in our chance to win the game. I would say the butt interception – the interception off Najee's butt was was really the play of the game. It was a 14-point swing in a game decided by three points. So that play decided the game negatively for Alabama. We actually out-statisticed Auburn in just about every capacity in that game. And uh, and that that play really changed the outcome, and, and, and a lot of it is Matt's fault. So obviously turnovers, you know, will make you lose. So I, I'm not cutting Mac a break when it comes to that. It was a bad play. Helped us lose the game. Uh, he's got to clean that up, and, uh, and 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 that's what he's got to improve on. I, I think Mac. I think if you ask an Alabama fan to describe Mac, the word game manager is going to come up. But actually, based on what we've seen and what we know, he, that's what he needs to improve on as being game manager. A game manager doesn't turn the ball over, you know, inside the ten yard line, and 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 then result in a pick six. So uh, Mac's got a lot to work on. He's got to get better. I am as excited about Bryce Young as anyone. But let me ask you a question in terms of how you look at things, Luke. In 2017, we had a similar situation. Not the same. It's not the same. But it's also not apples to to oranges. I mean, it's a similar situation where we had a returning veteran quarterback that appeared to have a limited ceiling in Jalen Hurts. 
and this uber-talented freshman everyone was excited to see that had done nothing but impress everybody at every opportunity. If you would have said, I think Tua is going to beat out Jalen, just like you were saying now, that you think Bryce will beat out Mac, I think, myself, I think it would be correct to say, yes, over the course of 2017, Tua beat him out. Now, it took to the second half of the last game, but Tua beat out Jalen against Georgia in the last game, won a national championship because of it. I think, like you, I don't disagree with what you're saying, that Bryce is going to beat out Mac. That, that's what I think is going to happen. But it could play out similarly. Maybe Mac starts most of the season, and then, then Bryce comes in to save the day and becomes the quarterback. Maybe it's in a championship game. Maybe it's in a playoff. Maybe it's in a game in September. I mean, I don't know. But I can see it playing out similarly because it's such a similar situation. But at the same time, I'm not insulting Mac. Let's remember Tua beat out Jalen, who would go on to finish second in the Heisman Trophy balloting and then a, a second-round pick in the NFL draft. So uh, I agree that Bryce will beat out Mac. I just don't know when or how it will happen, and I know it won't be easy, and I think both of them are, are very good players. Um, here's what I would say, that um, if I had seen Tua – I saw Tua practice. I went to an Alabama practice right before the Clemson semifinal game. If I had seen Tua up close and personal practice more, um, and I really would say I even felt this way after the Vanderbilt game that year when, um, you know, Alabama just destroyed Vandy, but Tua comes in and throws some darts that were just gorgeous. Um, I knew right then and there, okay, I know who the better quarterback is, but I guess we can't take the other guy out because he's only lost one game and it wasn't his fault. We should have won even uh, even though we didn't. And that's when I knew, okay, long-term, there's no doubt Tua is the mm-hmm. better quarterback all over the, all day long. That's how I – you're right, though. That's how I feel about this right now. And while I am the, the captain of the Bryce Young cruise ship, coronaless Bryce Young cruise ship <laughs> – um, I, I understand if Mac plays, I, I'm, I just, I want it to be a situation like Tua and Jalen, but here's the thing, how many quarterbacks can handle that situation the way each of them did, even if, here's the thing, people forget, Tua readily admitted, I was transferring if I didn't play in that second half of that championship game. I mean, I basically already said, I'm, I'm getting the hell out of here. I have a friend who spoke to, um, Who's the quarterback from Sidney Lanier that that went to uh, Texas A&M that we talked about oh, taking? Yeah. Williams, ended up not taking. Foster, James Foster. James Foster. James Foster. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can tell you, I have a friend with a connection there, and apparently he and Tua had spoken at some point, and Tua said, hey, look, man, you might want to give Alabama a, a, just another chance because if this is where you want to go, I'm probably not going to be here if I don't play in this damn championship game. And hmm. so – that that's secondhand stuff, not straight from Tua. I'm sure Tua would deny it, but he also wouldn't doubt me at all if something like that happened. It makes total right. sense. So yes. even though both of them handled it the best way any two quarterbacks could possibly handle it, one of them still almost transferred, and one of them ultimately did transfer. So my point being, I don't want Bryce Young to transfer. I've seen enough of Bryce Young in in high school to say – that guy not only is going to be phenomenal, I mean, Heisman Trophy caliber type player, but he's a Pied Piper. When people start seeing him sling it all over the field and see how much fun he's going to be, and he's so damn 
you know, diminutive and lovable and just a damn. I just, I'm the captain of his, of his fan club. And, but that being said, Mac Jones really did play his ass off against Auburn and Michigan. And for that matter, Tennessee and Arkansas save a butt interception and a, and just a misread, a misread that, that, that led to the losses. It did lead, he did though lead Alabama into a position to tie the ball game and we doink the freaking kick. So, you know, anyway, let's go ahead and take a break, Jimmy. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the University of Tennessee's resurgence. Okay, Jimmy, uh, back here uh, on Locked on Bama, and we're not going to go all locked on Tennessee on anybody or any of that shit. Well, I got, I got one but more point to make. Gonna... I got one more point to make on the last okay. subject. Just, just an interesting question. Again, it's a different way to look at it. You can just answer it. First question is true or false. True or false, ultimately, ultimately, Trey Sanders will prove to be a better running back than Najee Harris. True. Okay. Then on the Mac Bryce argument, then why aren't we just starting Trey Sanders against USC instead of Najee? He's the better player. See, see what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's funny. It's funny I, when you look at it a different position. I mean, it's something about quarterback that makes everyone, including me and everybody else, look at the position differently. I agree with you, by the way. I, I think Trey Sanders, my guess is Trey Sanders is going to prove to be an even better running back than Najee. But I also 100% believe Najee Harris should start the USC game and be our starting running back all season. I mean, it's his position, and he's a good player. You know what I I'm saying? Yeah, it's kind of weird. I, I, I get your point. Yeah. I get your point. Yeah. However, um, I, I guess the difference is, to me, the separation between Najee and Trey is smaller than the difference between what I perceive to be the difference right. of uh, – <laughs> Of Bryant right. and Mac, that's that's the yeah, difference. I mean, maybe, maybe I so. Think, I think I think that might prove to be Trey, correct. That may, but I think Trey and Najee are both um, NFL caliber running backs, like starting NFL yeah. caliber running backs. Right. And I feel like I don't know if, frankly, I'm not sure Bryce Young or Matt Jones is an NFL caliber starting quarterback. But I feel like Bryce Young is, is going to be the better quarterback at least in college. So, um, all right, let's let's do talk about Tennessee because I've been wanting to do this. They get another yeah. commitment from a, a five-star linebacker. Um, look, I, I I know we all love Alabama. What thirteen-game winning streak against Tennessee right now? That's pretty disgusting, and it's awesome, and I love it. Um, but I think it is going to be. I think college football is going to be a little better if they have a resurgence. And you know, frankly, if one thing has been uh, the knock on Alabama is people always say, well, you know, you get to play Tennessee every year. Now, yes, we do get to play Tennessee every year, and they have brought down our strength of schedule. But, you know, is <laughs> we've made them that way to some degree. <laughs> so, I mean, we should get double credit for that. You know, we, we, have, we have taken their orange souls and thrown them in the damn river. And so now they are having a bit of a resurgence in recruiting, at least. Now, the one caveat to all this is that some of the guys they're getting, look, when a five-star linebacker who's what, the number 11, 12, 13 player in the country, comes down to supposedly Tennessee or Nebraska, yeah, that tells me. Yeah, the cat's from Florida, right? The cat's from Florida, yeah, right? He's from, 
and he's from Florida. And I'm sort of thinking that's that's a signal to me that okay, there may be something else going on behind the scenes with that cat that some other big time schools aren't really necessarily fired up about. But if you're Tennessee. I don't blame you for being fired up. I would be. You cannot beat Alabama if you don't have the horses. And right now, they don't have the horses, but they're starting to get some horses. These horses just may be wild stallions. Yeah, I think it's a great observation about, I mean, you know, most of these kids have to drive to school. Most of them have to. Most of them can't afford to just always be flying back and forth between Miami and Knoxville. You know, it's, it's not an easy, it's not, a, it's not a cheap thing to do. So most of them drive, right? Well, if you drive from South Florida to Knoxville, think of all the premier college football programs you drive past. Not literally. I'm not saying you literally drive through their campus on the way to University of Tennessee. But what's closer? Miami, Florida. Florida State, Georgia, Auburn, Alabama. You're driving past all of those programs to get to Knoxville. That tells me that this kid is a five-star who is not being recruited like a five-star. Now, why? I don't know. I don't profess to be uh, an expert on it. His name Terrence Jackson, I think, or something like that. Terrence, Terrence Jones. Lewis, Terrence right? Jones. Terrence somebody Terrence or other. Lewis, isn't it? Or is it Terrence, Terrence Jones? Yeah, it's Terrence Jones, and and I don't I don't know much about the kid because we weren't recruiting him, so I I don't really know. But I'm just saying, weird recruiting stories often are the result of weird kids, <laughs> and his recruiting story is a little weird. A, a five star from Florida that's down to Tennessee and Nebraska, uh, yeah, something's a little weird there. Or hell, maybe he told every good program in the country to to take a flying leap. He wants to play for a rebuilding team so he can be the flag waver and lead the resurgence. And obviously there's playing time at Tennessee that you might not find at Alabama or Georgia, but, but it's a weird story. So he may be a five-star that's not a five-star. Now, if you're Tennessee, are you in a position where you sort of have to take some chances and cut corners? If you want to catch Alabama, if you want to catch Georgia, if you want to even catch Florida, yeah, you better cut some corners. Maybe in the future you won't have to, but now you probably do. They have to do more than cut corners. They have to make a circle. <laughs> I mean, they have not been in our area code. I mean, you know, I saw it was funny because on Tennessee Twitter, they're going bananas. Like, oh, yeah, here we come. We're back. I mean, and, and, and look, it's fine. I, I get it. I get people being excited, but there's nothing worse than – fan of team x who says oh shit now it's on baby and we're like hey look it's been on y'all just didn't know it and y'all have just been taking you know donkey kicks to the groin and just look be competitive and they were like "Ooh, you must forget that uh we fumbled going into the end zone last year and i'm like well but i didn't forget that we won by 22 and we played a pretty shitty game and we didn't have our starting quarterback so yeah, I mean, for the most part, we didn't have our starting quarterback for the right. most part. We did at the beginning of the game. But, I mean, yeah, I'm, look, Tennessee is great. I, I really do. I'm kind of happy they're getting better because I've been to some Tennessee games in this 13-game winning streak that we have in Knoxville, and it's depressing. I mean, I went to the game in, what, 96 when um, Jay Graham broke off a run late uh, and that game was just electric and fun, even though we lost. 
Um, I went in 1988, and even though they were 0-6 at the time, or maybe 0-5, they started out over, and uh, we beat them, but they still they had a, you know, they seemed to be like, oh, shit, we can get this turned around here shortly, um, and then they went on a big winning streak again until they played us in 89. Um, I've been to a lot of games in Knoxville, a lot of them, and these last few, when I've gone up there, it's just sort of, they're like, yeah, we're we're a little excited. Okay, we've kicked off. Oh shit, it's already over. You know, <laughs> it you know, football is more fun. Yeah. yeah, football is just more fun if Tennessee's better. I mean, football will be more fun for everybody in the SEC if Tennessee is 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 good. And uh, not to mention, if they recruit like they were in the mid '90s, then uh, that's going to ding Georgia pretty good, and that'll be a little helpful to yep. us as well. That's true. Okay, Jimmy, we're going to go ahead and take one more break, and then we're going to come back and talk about a surprise announcement from the Alabama president. The University of Alabama president has come out today, Jimmy, and said there will be football in the fall and there will be fans in the stands. Now, he didn't give an exact number of fans. Maybe he meant six fans. And maybe he didn't say what kind of football. Maybe he meant flag football where the flags are on poles that are six feet long. I don't know. But it seemed very optimistic to me. Um, On one hand, I appreciate his optimism. On the other hand, you and I are on several text chains, and some friends of ours who have various connections are saying things like, there is no freaking way we're having a football season. So I don't know what to think yet. I'm not going to get my hopes up. that's why, like, when I talk about debating Bryce Young versus Matt Jones, it may all be for naught because who knows if we're going to have a football season. I pray that we will because I, the only person that should be happy if we don't have a football season is somebody like you who doesn't like football like you, who is a divorce attorney because they will be nonstop busy. <laughs> yeah, it will lead to a lot of angst. Um yeah, I mean, that's why I, I, I hope or what I encourage everyone is a sense of normalcy. That's why I'm doing the player countdown every day. That's why we're talking about the season as if it's going to happen because it gives everybody hope. And and, and I'm, I'm going to hope there is a season until I am told by the authorities in an official announcement that there will not be one or it will be postponed or whatever. But as of right now, it's just going as far as I'm concerned. It's just going forward as normal now. I think in terms of my following the stories about the virus, I I would wonder how safe it might be if you had what I would call not easy to implement, but I think these rules are doable, which is number one, uh, we're going to open the gates an hour before we used to, because we're going to have to have to have a screening procedure before you go through the gates, which will include a temperature check. You can do those easily with these fancy equipment that uh, that the schools and the stadiums and the league can pay for uh, temperature check. No one's allowed in that's uh, that's running a fever. Uh, number two, you must wear a mask and gloves, which can be provided uh, at the gates. Uh, for those that don't have one, you must wear a mask and gloves uh, throughout the stadium. You can put a uh, hand sanitizer stations around campus you can offer free rapid coronavirus tests so if you're there on campus and you would just like to get a test and you don't mind staying in line 10 minutes you can go to 
multiple spots are on campus to be tested. If you test positive, you are not allowed in the stadium. You must go home and quarantine for 14 days. Uh, I wonder if you had rules like that, uh, it, it would just seem to me like there would be some level of safety. If, is someone going to get sick? Yes. But here's another thing. What if they encourage, if you are over the age of 65 or you have an underlying health condition, we encourage you not to attend. You know, uh, and, and and go from there. Uh, that 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 all sort of makes some level of sense to me. Dr. Fauci might call me a, a reckless idiot for that, but it just seems to me if you take that level of precaution that it would be relatively safe if you're under 65 and don't have an underlying health condition. So those are my thoughts. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I understand, and it does make total sense. And look, here's the thing. We live in a black and white society where you're either 100% right or 100% wrong. And there is a huge gray area in here because I'm going to tell you, Jimmy, uh, as a business owner, um, I get why some of these people, like there's a, a barbershop in Birmingham that was, you know, they had sacked up and said, okay, two weeks ago, we're we're open and damn it. I don't give a damn what happens. Well, they got a few phone calls and decided, okay, we're not going to open. Well, now, even after the last announcement from Kay Ivey, Governor Kay Ivey, um, that said no barbershops, no salons, whatever. He said, you know what, for real this time, not shitting around, we're opening because I, I've got about two weeks left of reserves. That's all I've got. And if I don't open, I, everybody, me and everybody that works for me is going to be dead broke. So, Kay Ivey, come arrest me, find me. You can, how are you going to get blood from a turnabout? I'll have you money to pay the fine. Um, so, I kind of get this too, where this is how it relates to football, that I'm, by the time fall rolls around, here's my take on it, and maybe I understand medical people would think I'm the most reckless dumbass. I, I'm going to be, look, we have sequestered and isolated and tested and done, and it's not completely under control yet, but it sure seems like things are a little better. Maybe not in New York, um, where New York is you know, very congested, but... I don't even know anybody who's contracted the virus. And that's not to say it's not a big deal. That's not to say I don't have empathy and sympathy for those who have been affected by it. I totally get it. I understand. But by fall, I think we're going to have to say, look, we've got to kind of let the rough end drag on this somewhat. We can't kind of open the economy. Everybody says, that's great. Restaurants can open at half capacity. They can't make money at half capacity. That's, that's part of the problem. Their business models are set up to make money on X amount of tables. And when you divide X by two, they don't make money. It's not going to work. We, we either need to isolate for another four weeks hard and nobody does shit, or we need to sort of begin to really let this thing open up. And by fall, let it be open. Now, if some people are scared, don't come. If you, if you have coronavirus, don't come. If you are worried about getting it. Don't come. If you're a college football player and you're like, look, man, I don't feel like playing. I feel like there should be some rule where they say, okay, you're not losing your scholarship because we understand these are trying times. You don't have to play, um, but we're going to have to get somebody that can play. If it's a walk-on or whatever, we'll have to do it. Um, I just – and maybe I'm being greedy because I love football so much, and maybe I'm not – uh, maybe I'm not empathetic enough because I have not been affected by it. Maybe all those things are true. But I just keep seeing all these stories, and I keep wondering, look, at some point, we're going to have to get back to real life. We, it, it, 
we can't be scared of this forever is is my take on it. And again, I know medical people would say I'm wrong, which makes me think I am wrong, but that's that's how I feel about it. And and I I don't know what else to say. Well, we just live in a society that's extremely polarized politically. That doesn't help when there's a crisis because both extremes run run towards their pole, you know, uh, and, and that's how they're going to feel about what, what I would urge everyone is, is if you are at one of those, what, what I would call an extreme pole, for instance, if your opinion is this was a massive overreaction. We shouldn't have changed one thing. We changed nothing every year for the flu. We should have changed nothing over this. Let it run its course. There'll be some level of herd immunity at some point. And this whole thing was a big nothing burger. If that's your opinion, you're wrong. You're, you're not 100% right. You're, you're, you're partly wrong. Every infectious doctor in the world is not an idiot. So, so you are wrong. Now, that's right. If you're also of the belief that I think what what needs to happen is we need to go on total lockdown for multiple months and not emerge from our homes or run a business until there's a vaccine, you're also wrong. We can't survive as a society like that at all. It would be an equal disaster to whatever disaster the disease wreaks. So if you have an extreme position, be it on one pole or the other, I would urge you to reconsider and listen to, not the other side, listen to the middle, because that's where the truth almost always is. And while doing things half-ass rarely works, I wouldn't call it doing things half-ass. I would say there are things you can do that are sensible, and we need to do sensible things to keep ourselves safe and get people to some sense of normalcy and that's what I urge is just sensibility. But this charging the Michigan State House with your assault rifles, that's scary. outrageously stupid. And also the we got to go on lockdown until a vaccine is ready in the middle of 2021. <laughs> we, we might as well all go outside and get the virus at that point because we're, we're all going to be ruined anyway if that's, if that's the position yeah. we take. So, so that's the thing. This this is not, this is not happening in a vacuum. Well, I totally agree with what you're saying. And here's the thing that you and I are on the same page here. I believe I may be leaning more towards a little bit of open up and you may be leaning more towards a little bit of closing down. I get that and I'm fine with it, but okay. For instance, there's a doctor in New York, right? That committed suicide very tragically and sadly. She was an ER doctor, I think, or, and she was handling all these Corona victims and it just took a toll. And people talk about, see, this is the kind of toll it's taking. I agree. That is horrible. I know a little bit about the subject. I know a little bit about mental illness. And I can also say that it isn't just coronavirus that affected this woman. It is that she had some other things going on in her life because usually one event like that is not going to send somebody, you know, into this going from totally normal to suicidal. Um, So I think that, yes, this thing has had an effect and it's killed 60 something thousand people, which is tragic and horrific. Um, It's just awful. Uh, And you hate to put things in perspective um, because it's just like saying, you know, I'm for the death penalty. Well, what if we ever kill an innocent man? You're like, well, it kind of, you know, I understand I'm willing to take that chance. Well, what if you're the innocent man? 
oh shit, I don't like that anymore. You know, it's, it's a hard, it's hard to do, you know? Um, but uh, my, my point is that eventually, because this doesn't happen in a vacuum, we're not getting this time back. And I don't want to, um, I'm 47, almost 48 years old. And so what I'm saying is I, I don't want to miss another year of football. And I know that's selfish and God awful. And some people are probably saying, boy, what a turd you are. I mean, I think some other people feel the same way I do, um, and I, I'm not trying to be myopic about it and just look at how it affects me, but um, I'm also trying to be sensible and saying, you know, people do have to have lives, and I think so. the the guy with the barbershop, I keep going back to him, he said, look, if, if I can't open up and we don't have food, what's the point of being alive? If I can't, If I can't feed my family and we can't move around and we've all got to stay six feet apart what's the point anymore so i'm willing to take the chance and it comes back to another football thing that i've always said where you talk about some people love to talk about how violent football is and how it should be outlawed and we should do all these other things to change the game and i've always said that hey if i had a chance to be as good as kyler murray would i go do that or some maybe somebody that got hurt bo jackson if i was as good as bo jackson and you told me, hey, you're going to go, you're going to do all these things, but your hips going to get, both hips are going to get screwed up and you're going to have hip problems for the rest of your life. I take that chance. I do. I, I do because it's generational money. And it, I think it would, you know, hey, it's part of living life. And sometimes you take a chance and you get hurt. But that, but that being said, both my hips aren't hurt. So <laughs> may, maybe I don't have the best perspective on that. Um, it's just a sticky wicket and it's got everything so jumbled and screwed up and, Man, I'm just telling you, it's just every day I go to work and I see some people coming in, some people staying out, some people worried about this, some people like, hey, I, I, I'm not laid off, but I can't get employment, and I, but I need money, but I'm scared to go to work. I mean, it's a scary time. and So let's quit talking about it. Let's just, let's just say Najee Harris three times and hope this goes away. <laughs> That's right. And uh, the president says, uh, president of university says we're playing football with fans in the stands. We're counting down the days to fall camp. Normalcy. That's going to be our position here, normalcy. And uh, at the same time, uh, we're going to be very sensible and careful uh, in terms of our own individual potential exposure to the virus. All right, Jimmy, want to say one more time about NICO Sports. It's amazing how much you will love NICO Sports. Uh, they've got the Tua Tungo Valo football for 99 bucks. Give them a call. Ask for Julio, 1-800-345-2868. Check them out at NICO Sports. That's N-I-K-C-O sports.com. Mention you heard about them here on the, the Sensible Coronavirus podcast. And um, you can get this Tua Tungo Valo football, uh, college football national championship information, Orange Bowl MVP information, Maxwell Award information, Sporting News Player of the Year, blah, 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 all the things. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa one, and it's a bunch of them. I'm not not I'm not blah blah blahing them uh, to discount them. I'm blah blah blahing them because the it's a litany of incredible awards and achievements that Tua Tungavailoa had. You all know about it. Ninety nine dollars for the football. Part of the proceeds go to the Alabama Make a Wish Foundation. Nico Sports and Icaco Sports dot com eight hundred three four five twenty eight sixty eight. Ask for my boy Julio. Jimmy, that'll wrap it up. Uh, next week, we'll be back. Hey, we got a sample. I think next week we have a sponsor, new sponsor called Built Bar. You and I both got a bunch of Built Bars in the mail. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. Oh, I, had one, 
I was like, I, at first, I'll be honest, I didn't know why I got them, and you didn't either. So don't pretend like, oh, Luke, no. you're such an idiot. No, you didn't no, know either. Um, I didn't. And I was like, who sent me Bilt Bars? This is so weird. I didn't even know what Bilt Bar was. Well, I was I was sitting there. It was like, you know, I'm like Homer Simpson. Now I have a uh, mid-morning snack every day. And I was like, I'm kind of hungry, but I don't have anything to eat. Wait a minute. I got this big old thing of Bilt Bars right here in my desk drawer. I opened them up, and I was like, let's just give it a whirl. Oh, my God, was it good. I, I mean, I was like, this is really freaking good. I'm going to buy some of these. We only our sponsors are the best. Our sponsors are the best. Our sponsors are the best. Tua Tongue of Aloha footballs and and chocolate bars, chocolate protein bars, chocolate fitness <laughs> bars. We are sponsored by the best. The best. It's a fact. Now, if if we could just get if we could get Penthouse on board, we'd have all the sponsors we need. They're not on board. <laughs> this this is how you're well, choosing to tell me. A, I thought just because, I thought they were a sponsor all along. No, that's just your regular subscription. <laughs> I'm getting billed for all those. Uh, all right. <laughs> well, you I think you you've been grandfathered in. You've been such a loyal <laughs> subscriber for so long. You've been well, no, they give you credit for the letters you write. Exactly. Dear Penthouse, you'll never believe what Dear happened Penthouse, to me. Ordered another I, pizza. Half of my essays in high school, half of the essays in high school I was uh, I was asked to write in school began that way. Dear Penthouse, you'll never believe what just happened to me. Boy, did my English teachers get tired of reading that sentence. I can just see your letter to Penthouse now. Dear Penthouse, I, was, I had a date with the sexiest, bustiest, uh, leggiest, most beautiful woman you've ever seen. And she stood me up and had sex with the quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> it might be sadder than that. It would right. be like, uh, you'll never believe what happened to me. I walked into the bunny ranch with $16,000. Did I get lucky? No. <laughs> <laughs> they said it's 16005 I didn't have the tax. Um, all right, buddy. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.